Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Mm. It's like holiday and Christmas music, or Christmas music and and football music, it feels like, all wrapped up in one. Not exactly. Anyway, glad to have you with us here on uh, this Football Friday. Even happier to welcome back to the show, man, it's been months, our own Nate Geary is on the Western Hotline uh, as, as we'll try to construct a game plan and maybe even dash around the league. I don't know. We'll see how much, uh, much gas Nate has in the old tank as we get rolling here. How are you doing there, buddy? It's a holiday season. I have no gas. No one has gas. That's the whole point. I am, I am mainlining coffee. I've got, I've, I've, I've got, a, I've got stuff tonight. I've got a full day tomorrow, and then it's just, it, 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 I don't know. I might need hospitalization by Tuesday. I think it's possible. Anyway, uh, glad to have you with us here, buddy. Um, I, I want to start with you on, on Joe Brady. I, I mean, I know you've been doing these shows after our shows on game days and filling in here and there in the mornings, um, but I have not had a chance to talk to you and pick your brain about what has changed since Brady has taken over. I, I have some observations one would be he seems very intent on finding a couple times a game specific matchups, especially for James Cook. And I feel like that was not something that was really happening before he took over for Ken Dorsey. Yeah. And, you know, I think there's some level of he, he's very deliberate in sort of how he manages a game um, that is, I think, at least a little bit different than what we saw from Ken Dorsey. Um, the, I, one of the things that I think I've noticed too, especially in, in how he calls games is what, one area that I think I complained a lot about with Ken Dorsey is, you know, the, the thing I thought Brian Dable was really always good at was like once or twice a game, he'd have a, he'd have a play that he set up and it would just be having a guy running wide open down the field. And, you know, it felt like it'd been a while since I saw it, or at least it felt like it'd been a while. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now once a game, now they haven't necessarily hit on it once a game. I think, you know, I think he did a great job in the Eagles game. He, he got early in that football game, James Cook running wide open down the sidelines. And, you know, James Cook drops that ball. That's a sure touchdown. And, you know, I'm thinking about uh, late in the game, uh, it wasn't the, the Dallas game. I think it was uh, maybe the game prior to that. Uh, maybe it was the Chiefs game when you have Gabriel Davis running wide open and he ends up throwing – to Dalton Kincaid yeah. kind of makes the wrong read. But, like, I guess where I'm going with this is it just feels like there's a plan from the very beginning. And, and when the plan doesn't work, there's a willingness to move off of it quickly. And, or, or even I think the better example is against Dallas where maybe the intent wasn't to run the football 47 times or however many times they ran the football, but all of a sudden it worked and you're like, you know, I think I'm going to move away from plan A because – this is my new plan A. And I just think there's this willingness to adjust, adapt. Um, and, and it's almost like there's 
there's not an agenda with him um, when he's call, when he's calling plays. It's like let's just run what works. Um, let's go in with a plan, and if the plan, um, you know, if success or failure dictates that we change the plan, like let's change the plan. So um, I, I think that's what I've really enjoyed the most. Um, about Joe Brady uh, as as he sort of starts his career here as the Bills' offensive coordinator. Right. It fe- it feels a lot less like everything comes down to Josh Allen. Like I, I feel like that narrative got got pro- maybe even overplayed starting like midway through or so last season and into this year. Um, but I don't. I I I I think there. It just seems like you know it's an easy point to make after they like you said they run the ball. I think forty nine times was the total uh, in, in the game, and 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 that was hardly any of that was Josh Allen. It was all uh, all the other guys so very different I wonder as we get to this game um you know I I don't expect the Chargers to put up a a huge fight here but I wonder how the Bills will go about attacking this team I was listening to Tasker and Matty Glab um and Greg Cosell on my way in today Nate and they're all making the point about how the Chargers their weakness is pass defense so I, I wonder even though you might think this is a game just sort of you know, don't don't give it away. Uh, maybe just be safe, and you'll win almost no matter what. I wonder if they'll be aggressive attacking the Chargers' pass defense. And and I want to maybe point this out as a as a positive that they've been able to really. I think I uh, I, I did this with Joe yesterday, and Josh Allen since um, since Joe Brady's taken over as offensive coordinator, his turnovers per game is point. Seven five per game turnovers, and when he was when Ken Dorsey was the offensive coordinator, his turnovers per game was was one point five. Literally, he's cut his turnovers in half since Joe Brady has taken over as their offensive coordinator. And I think in a game like this, the one area that I think if there was quote unquote a that they haven't really found a way yet to get. Stephon Diggs and Gabriel mm-hmm. Davis and, and Dalton Kincaid going all at the same time. And I, I think it's it's a complaint, but it's also a little bit of an eyebrow raiser because you're like, wait, they're, they're having this success. They're finding sustainability there. It looks like they've sort of added an off-speed pitch to their arsenal. Um, and frankly, they're getting, they're getting more out of players that felt like afterthoughts. Like James Cook to me always all year and, and certainly last year – but like an afterthought, like a guy that they really had in the garage. It was a car in the garage. They didn't know how to drive it. They didn't know how to maximize it. Um, and then all of a sudden, Joe Brady comes in, and, and, and James Cook looks like Christian McCaffrey. Um, <laughs> so I, I think it's like what it comes down to is their fastball is definitely, I think, what everyone agrees they can win a Super Bowl with. But it's hard to have your fastball each and every week, each and every inning, to make the baseball analogy complete here, well, now they've got a, some off-speed pitches with Kincaid and obviously now James Cook and Ty Johnson um, that they really feel that they can go to and rely on. And that is just not something that we've seen um, here, at least since Josh Allen's been quarterback. So in a game like this, I might look for them to maybe lean on the pass game a little bit more and, and bring some additional wrinkles. This they are getting hot bulldog at the right time. This is when you want to be playing your best football. Um, and I would like to see Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen and Kincaid and Gabriel Davis to sort of follow suit. And let's be playing our best football um, and show everybody that not only can we run the ball 49 times and win by two scores, three scores, but we can also throw the ball 35, 40 times um, and win by the same amount. And I think that would really sort of send the message of, 
May, good luck trying to prepare for the version of this offense. Right. Constructing the Game Plan is brought to you by Admar Construction Equipment and Supplies, official construction equipment supplier of the Buffalo Bills, equipment you need when you need it. Yeah, the Cook emergence, I, I talked about this with Sal yesterday, Nate. Um, you go back to them wanting to sign McKissick as a free agent, and then the drafting of Cook. I mean, Sal said it plainly, like if the McKissick thing didn't fall apart, they probably don't even draft James Cook, that they still had that need after that fell through in free agency. So in the draft, they, they, they pluck Cook out in the second round. Last year, the the emergence of a passing game to the running back never really happened. Naheem Hines is brought in to try to facilitate that. That still never happens. And we get into this year, and it's still not happening until this change. It, it feels like they finally have found a way to kind of fill that out. And now, yeah, I'm with you 100%. The, the receivers, especially Diggs. Someone called us, somebody even called me, I think maybe on post game, and then again on Monday, the same sort of point was made. Like, how, how, when are you going to believe that Brady really has it, that he, that he, that he can do this, that he's like a, a, a real long-term answer? And I said, you know, if you want to wait until we get a game where he gets Diggs off, um, maybe that's like the last piece of the puzzle because they had a great game passing the ball against the Eagles, but it was really well spread out. And I, look, I'm not complaining about that, but there just has not been a Diggs is the man game yet. And maybe we'll get one here. Yeah. And, you know, maybe part of that too, Bulldog is by design, right? Like, all right, well, you know, if you're going to dictate that you're going to roll coverage and you're going to have you know, double teams or, hey, you're going to put your best man corner, like in the case of Kansas City. And Legereus Need, I think, is easily one of the top five, you know, right at least how he's playing, top five corner in the league right now. And I thought Sneed shut Diggs down. Yeah. Um, and it kind of didn't matter. Um, and, and I think that that is something that if you're a defensive coordinator and you say, all right, well, the game plan today is you shut Diggs down, you can really dictate the terms of what the Bills want to do on offense. And I think what Joe Brady is showing is, go ahead, take away my fastball. I've got more in the arsenal um, that, you know, frankly, people haven't been prepared for. So um, I, I think I tend to agree with you. It's, you know, I think Diggs is 147 yards away from 10,000 career yards. I don't think that that's not going to be in the back of Diggs' mind. That's not going to be in the back of Josh Allen's mind. They've, they've always sort of, Allen especially, has always sort of talked about kind of keeping milestones with some of his you know, his teammates in mind. And, you know, this is a game where I think maybe you want to get out to an early lead and see Kyle Allen by the end of the third quarter, start of the fourth quarter. Um, you know, I, I think it might be a get the ball to digs early and often type of game. And that might be really what the doctor orders, uh, doctors ordered for, you know, both digs and, and Allen and the offense at large. I definitely think that they're aware of milestones. Allen, even as modest a passing game as they had against the Cowboys, I think in his postgame presser mentioned how Diggs had gone over a thousand yards for a fourth consecutive season. So, like they, they're aware of that stuff. I don't, I don't think there's really Allen walks up to the podium after games with like stats ready to go. <laughs> Nate Geary on the Western Hotline with us here for a few more minutes in advance of Saturday evening's game between the Bills and the Chargers. So, how, how like overall here, vibes wise, like how how are you feeling? You've already said they're, they're maybe maybe playing their best at, at the right time, and boy, the the comparisons to 2021 are right there for the taking. They're 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 not in as good a position right now as they were then because. You know they got still got to track down Miami, but that's that's gettable. Do you, do you think that that will happen? Like I, I, I guess 
I'd want to say plainly, I love the Cowboys on Sunday um, against Miami. How, how are you feeling about the big picture here? Yeah, listen, I, I think the vibes have dramatically shifted um, from us having conversations, and not just us, everybody sort of having conversations of, is it time to pull the trigger on Sean McDermott? Are we talking about Ben Johnson in two weeks? Um, to, uh, you know, is the division still attainable? Um, and, and I think that, that just goes to show you, um, you know, how dramatic the league can be at times and the, the ebbs and flows of an 18-week season. Um, so it, it is hard when you're in the midst of um, a season, and a season like yeah. the Bills were having to sort of maintain perspective um, on the marathon that it is. You hear coaches, it's a coach speak, right, is that, you know, these seasons are marathons, they're not sprints, and you can't let one week really dictate what you're going to do in another. And um, so, I like, I, all in all, Bulldog, like, I, I think there has been a dramatic shift in the actual vibe. And, and yeah, I, I think I like Dallas, too. I, I think Dallas got embarrassed by the Bills last week, and I know they don't travel well, but they're going down to Miami. They've had a bunch of – they've had a, a – the national media basically drag them for five straight days. And it's so funny. You're watching ESPN. You're watching First Take. You're watching FS1. And it's they're playing Bill's highlights, but mostly talking trash about the Cowboys. So it it was sort of like, well, they're talking more about the Cowboys' loss than the Bills' win. And and, and I think that's a familiar place for Bills fans anyways. And it's like, you know, when I I think about this Dolphins team, there there is going to be some sort of narrative that is, you know, ultimately defeated in this game is can the Dolphins beat a team with a winning record – or can the Cowboys go on the road and beat a decent team? Um, so I, I think what, you know one of those narratives is going to come to a finale this weekend, and and I, I'm of the mind that the Dolphins really, and I know their their fans are back in the in the high life again after they beat a team that has basically quit playing football. Um, but overall, like that Titans game. I thought the Titans should have blew out the Dolphins, Bulldog. Like, yeah. if they don't have a defensive touchdown and two gift-wrapped touchdowns at the two-yard line, they had field goals against a team that won't be in the playoffs. So, and against a rookie quarterback. So, um, I, I am not as sold on this Dolphins defense as I once, or offense as I once was. Um, and I think largely their defense has preyed on terrible quarterbacks. So I'm really I've sort of soured on my I don't know, do we want to call it fear of the Dolphins and really what they can do. Um, if you told me that in Week 18 and back to back in the wild card that they had to go go to Miami in Week 18, win and then host the Dolphins here in Buffalo, at this point I think I'd welcome that as a as a real path for them to uh, to play in the division around. Yeah, I uh, I hear you. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm gonna. We'll we'll see when we get to that week eighteen, and if it is for the division, like I, I'm I'm gonna I want to respect Miami, um, but we'll see how they line up and stack up against good teams here the next couple of weeks before they even get to the Bills. I mean, who knows? They could even drop both of these games to Dallas and Baltimore before they get to the Bills. I mean, it, it, it you know stranger things have happened. That's for sure. Um, overall, Nate, like the the conference. I was talking yesterday, and I don't know. We can even talk about the NFC if we want here for just a minute as we dash around the league. Uh, here on Football Friday, which is brought to you by Dash's Markets, celebrating 100 years. Shop the family of finer foods at Dash's Markets. I, I just I don't think there's that many teams that really could win the Super Bowl. 
looking at it. You know, I think Baltimore, I think the Bills, I, I got to respect the Chiefs. Miami, I'm iffy on. And then in the NFC, I'm on the Niners and I think the Cowboys. And I don't even know if I want to include the Eagles anymore. Yeah, I'm, I'm off the Eagles personally. Um, I, I just, they really should be losers of five straight games. Uh, and I think the brand of football they're playing right now offensively um, has been a far cry from – listen, I, I think losing both coordinators has caught up to them. Um, I think there's no doubt about that. They've now got Matt Patricia calling plays defensively. I'm, I'm off the Eagles. Um, I think that it's to me that San Francisco is going to have two bye weeks. Um, I think it's San Francisco and no one. And I think in the AFC – listen, I, I, Colin Coward put this perfectly – or he, he's sort of uh, on the bandwagon of it's Bill's Niners uh, as sort of his prediction in the Super Bowl. And a big reason is he's like, you know, look, look at Kansas City. Now you've got Patrick Mahomes trying to prop up a bunch of young guys at receiver. You've got the, the Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence that started the season so hot and have so badly tapered off here at the end of the season. You've got, you know, C.J. Stroud, who looked great, but he's not ready to take that step yet. And you got the Titans are out of it. No Joe Burrow. And, you know, it looks like the Ravens are just going to – they're just going to, you know, sustain so many injuries that they're going to put themselves in a position where they're going to have a tough time, you know, beating good teams in January. And Lamar Jackson's never won a game in January. He's never won a playoff game. So, man, if all of the obstacles – and that's my thing of, of this year. I think about 2021 and the missed opportunity. They were playing the best football Maybe we have ever seen a Bills team play going into that Kansas City game, then playing that Kansas City game and blowing it. And it kind of felt like maybe they'd never get back there. It started to feel like that this year. And now, mm-hmm. is there a better setup for them than what they've got now? And I, and I think about this a little bit towards the future, too, Ball. It's not just this year. Like, there's a good chance, you know, that, that you might have uh, the number one or two, number two pick, Drake May or, or Caleb Williams playing for the for the Patriots next year. You're going to have C.J. Stroud in year two. You're going to have Anthony Richardson in year two with a team that's winning seven games, eight games without him. Um, like, the future, it's going to get harder as well. So right now, the stage has never been set better for this Bills team to go take advantage of a, a, of a conference that, it, that I think everyone that was expected to be at the top is taking steps back. And they're playing the best football of anybody in the AFC. I promise you, no one wants to play them. But I also think, Bulldog, it might be their best chance to run the table um, and, and get themselves in a matchup against the San Francisco team. That would be, um, you know, really pretty. The, the matchup, I guess, everyone always wanted in the 90s, right? <laughs> yes, year over year. And we never got it. You, listen, you, you're talking about the future. You left out one very important name here. The future, Nate, is clearly Flacco. Oh, I apologize. Uh, yes, Joe. Fl- and I, I did forget about Joe Flacco. Um, how funny is it? it? To me, it would sort of be like Bills fans rooting for, I, I don't know, think of a quarterback that has sort of had your number as a franchise for 15 years and then all of a sudden comes out of retirement uh, and is playing better than the guy you paid $230 million guaranteed for. Um, kind of a weird scenario for for, yeah. for Browns fans <laughs> to be all in on Flacco. Um, I, if I'm being honest, Bulldog, I think it, they might be the luckiest team in the NFL. Um, I don't think they've got a sustainable model. Flacco's going to turn it back into a pumpkin here. It, it, it's just, it's got to happen. I'm waiting. 
<laughs> we're all we're all waiting. Yeah. I, I, say, I, I would say the same thing about uh, the the kid. You know, he's obviously not as old as uh, as Flacco, but the kid in Cincinnati, Browning. Uh, you know, you, who would have thought he, Burrow gets hurt? Like, oh, they're done. And like, I don't know, they're not a threat to me to win anything other than maybe a playoff spot. And but that's that's enough of a pain in the butt, you know, that they're still hanging around. I mean, get out of here with your backup quarterback your triple backup quarterback. It's like everyone's got backup quarterbacks. I think it's crazy. I think it's 56 different starting quarterbacks in the league this year, which is 10 less than last year somehow. Um, But yeah, Browning, if you look at the side-by-side numbers, he is significantly outplayed Joe Burrow. Um, And Burrow was looking much better after that calf injury. Um, Jake Browning's, I mean, there are going to be bad teams that are desperate for quarterbacks that might have to try to make a run at Jake Browning. That's how well he has played. I, I got to say, he might be the most surprising, um, I don't know, storyline of backup quarterbacks raising their game and keeping their team in playoff races. Um, Bulldog, I, I watched him in college. He was really bad. Uh, he had no arm. Yep. Um, I, I mean, he was throwing arm punts all over the field, and now all of a sudden um, he looks like a viable top 20 starter. It's uh, – it's pretty remarkable. Yeah, Cincinnati, listen, I, they've got the Chiefs coming up next week. They've got Pittsburgh this week. Um, I, I think that Cincinnati's, you know, Cinderella run is going to be coming to a close here pretty soon. But still, I mean, it's, it's in a remarkable story that Browning's been able to keep them in this, right. um, especially this late in the season. Well, go Mason Rudolph on Saturday. That's all, yeah, we, yeah. That's, that's all we got to say. All right, buddy, listen, thanks a lot for this. Really appreciate it. Um, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Best to the family, your dad, who I'll probably run into uh, at some point on Hurdle. Uh, but but <laughs> lo- lovely of you to take the time, buddy. My pleasure, my friend. Same to you. And uh, we'll see you soon. Yeah, and we'll hear you Saturday night after the Bills hopefully smack the Chargers around. Nate will be covering post game for us on uh, on Saturday as he's been doing all year for a couple of years now on uh, post games on night games. Uh, Mike and I graduated to not having to wait around until midnight to go on the air, which is nice at my age. You know, it's it's, it's late. Nate's a much younger man than me. All right, let's take a time out. Bills, vibes, we did some of this yesterday. How you feeling here? Run the table all the way to the Super Bowl. Where's the bar to clear? Is that the bar to clear? Is that the only thing that will satisfy the masses? We'll talk about that as we move forward here on this Football Friday, which is always presented by Tops Markets. Score big savings and elevate your food game. It's time for us to take a break. We'll be back in a snap. Brought to you by Snapdragon Apples, the official apple of the Buffalo Bills. Mike Shope is away. I am the Bulldog, and you're listening to WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.